Welcome to the Spiritual Recharge Podcast, brought to you by SpiritualRecharge.com. This is your place to experience peace and higher consciousness while recharging the battery of your soul. So get comfortable, take a few relaxing breaths, and settle in to this sacred time for yourself. This is Ariel Hecht, and I'm here with our host, Michael McIntosh. Our warmest welcome to you. Thank you for your beautiful presence. And now we'll hear from Michael. So what does it take to change? What does it really take to change ourselves? You know, the whole point of spiritual development, personal development, all these different books and courses and trainings and retreats and meditations, <laughs> this, <laughs> how much stuff is there, right? It's just everywhere. There's so many things. What is the point of it? The point of it is to help us change, isn't it? To help us change ourselves. Life is always changing anyway. This is an ever-changing universe. Our body is always changing anyway. Society is changing. Technology is changing. So everything is always and always will be changing. And what we're trying to do in our spiritual work, the path, you could call it, the journey, being on the path, means to become the ultimate potential that we have within within us. And when we're not living our potential, it actually hurts our heart. It makes us feel something's off. And when we are living aligned with our true values, then we feel deeply content. Even if our life is a bit crazy and there's things changing and there's challenges, when we're aligned with our values, then we feel at peace because we're in alignment so what's it going to take to change this is such an important question I've spent the last 25 years 25 years contemplating this applying these different things to my life teaching about it creating courses about it doing meditations about it I mean talking to people about it I mean this is pretty much If I think about what have I actually been doing for 25 years, I've been helping myself and others change their lives, basically. So what is it that actually leads to a real change? How come some people go from being in a really bad place to an amazing place in their life, and other people maybe started off in a nice place and they got worse and worse and worse? How come some people change and some don't? How can we really change and become our higher self? What is it that blocks transformation? And what happens to our brain when we try and change? These are fascinating questions because you wouldn't be listening to this if you weren't interested in personal growth and spiritual transformation. So on on a deeper level, what all of us are wanting to do is to change. And the fascinating thing about change, and this might sound really obvious, but it's not that obvious when, it, when you really think about it. Change means different. You might think, well, yeah, that's, that's obvious, but just tune into it again. Change means different. So if we change ourselves, that means we will have different things in our life, different thoughts in our mind, different feelings in our heart, different relationships or different ways of relating to people. It means we will have a lot of different things, right? One of the things, and I, because I work with so many people for so many years, thousands and thousands of people, <laughs> and I've obviously had the same problems myself as well. What I've noticed is that we want to change, but we want it to be the same. 
Yeah, have you ever had that? You want to change yourself and be better and have more happiness and more joy and more success. But at the same time, we're attached to the things we have. Oh, I want all these outcomes, all this better stuff, better feelings, more joy, more wealth, better success. And at the same time, I want everything to carry on like it is with my same TV show that I like and the same food that I like and the same conversations and the same people. So can you see there's a bit of a conflict here? On one hand, we want everything to be the same because we're attached to things that we are attached to. Whatever we're used to, we get attached to it. So we want it all to be nice and cozy just the way we like it. And we want to have all these different experiences. And this is the fundamental conflict that we're up against. There's two parts of us. One part of us wants change and different. The other part of us wants same, same, same and comfy and cozy and nice and comfortable. So this is, this is one of the fundamental reasons why change is so difficult because it literally means we have to have different things and different is scary to the psyche and that's why people are fearful of the unknown for example when covid first came out right remember that back in the back in march 2020 when we first got reports in the news i was glued to my computer trying to figure out what on earth this was and i remember going to the store and being all freaked out buying all these masks and stuff and then, as I learned more about what it was and talked to people and had interviews and I started understanding it, and then when I actually got COVID, I realized what it actually is. Now I'm not afraid of COVID anymore, right? It, it, I'm not, because it's not this scary unknown thing anymore. It's something I've personally faced and dealt with and come in contact with and understood and done a lot of research. So it's no longer this mysterious, scary thing that's going to kill everyone straight away, right? But it's the same thing whenever we want to change anything in our life. There's this unknown factor, and unknown makes us a bit disturbed. That's why a lot of people, they eat the same food, they don't want to go to new restaurants, they don't want to go to new countries, they don't want to learn a new language, because it's uncomfortable. So in the brain, in, the, in our physical brain, so we're spiritual beings, and we spiritual beings are living inside our brain. The soul is inside the brain behind your eyes. So you're this wonderful, wonderful shining consciousness right now, sitting behind the eyes in the brain, operating your body. And when you create a thought, the soul creates a thought. The soul has a mind. And the mind affects the brain. And the brain affects the rest of the body. And everything is connected to everything else. So it's a very fascinating experience being alive because we're spiritual beings having a human experience so on the one hand, we're non-physical, creating our reality. And on the other hand, we have this physical body that's also affecting our soul, our experience. It goes in both directions. So there's the outside world coming in and there's the inside world shining out. And the interface of these two things is what we call life. And that's what's happening right now. That's absolutely fantastic. So here we are. <laughs> Right, so here we are, and you have a brain, and your brain has become wired based upon what you've been thinking and doing for the last 10, 20, 30 years, and it goes back into previous lives. So even if not everyone has had previous lives, but if you have had many lives, which many of you have, then you actually come into this body, into this life, and you, the soul, start to wire your brain as a baby and 
all of that programming from the past starts affecting your physical brain even when you're a baby when you come out it's your brain is not just this brand new thing if you're an old soul you sort of start to rewire this whole thing as soon as you get in the body so we've got all these wirings right and we're not going to get into like a science lesson about this because it doesn't actually matter that much the science you can read about neuroplasticity and there's loads of books about it and but the bottom line is that when you think the same thoughts over and over again and you do the same things again and again you literally create a path way in your brain you can imagine it like neurons are connecting in a certain in a certain way parts of your brain are connecting and if you do something once there's not a strong connection this is why for example if you try to speak chinese and you don't know how to speak chinese you're going to have to sort of rewire your brain and create all these new associations and connections and when you first speak a few chinese words it's not going to have really any effect on your brain but if you learn chinese and you spoke chinese all the time your brain literally would change this is why if for example you don't do art let's imagine you hardly ever do any painting but then you start learning painting when you start learning painting your brain is going to be uncomfortable with these new associations and new movements and what are all these colors and these brushes and what's going on with these different techniques and you'll start to feel some resistance i had a friend who went to a, a, a watercolor class the other day and she was sharing how she was trying to draw this ocean scene and she was all tensed up and having flashbacks of being at school and being told off by her art teacher and she was all clammed up and all of that you could say trauma in her brain in her soul came back and sort of started ruining her ocean but then she let go and started having meditation and then she got into doing the mountains and then the mountains started coming really magically and it was all a very beautiful experience and if she kept doing that every day for five months she could become a really good painter right she because these associations and these patterns would get grooved in so whenever we do anything new we start off with some resistance some unnerving feelings about it and then once you get into it it becomes more natural because you rewired your brain and it's really useful to understand this because if you don't realize this then you might think that you're failing when you try and do something new just because you have resistance but the resistance is actually just a sign that your brain is struggling to build these new neural pathways and it's a very natural and normal thing to happen it's not a failure on your on your side the the brain is this machine that we the soul use it's an organic it's it's like riding a horse in a way you know if you're riding a horse and the horse isn't quite aligned with you you don't think you're a terrible person you say we've got to figure out how to have a better synergy with the horse so the brain is this wonderful thing that we use and you know we could do a whole series of classes just on the brain because it's so fascinating but we're we're f focused on change you know not on science so we actually don't need to know all the details but this is all you actually need to know is that whenever you do something new your brain is going to have a somewhat of a panic attack for a certain amount of time as you try and untangle it from its previous way of doing things and reconnect it to the way you want it to be and there will be some level of strain involved this is why when anyone tries to do a new behavior the first day is fairly easy you know because there's the enthusiasm the second day is normally quite easy as well come the third fourth fifth sixth seventh day that, that first week week and a half typically knocks people out most people do not maintain a new habit for more than about seven days at the most 
hardly anyone gets to 21 days and hardly anyone gets you know anywhere near three to four to five to six months is extremely unusual because these habits when you try and create a new habit you are literally up against your old habits so if you try and do something new new and different then whatever you were doing before is now going to come and try and pull you back into the old thing right i'll give an example let's say somebody likes to watch tv or they like to check their phone at night because they're you know it's late and they're tired and they have a habit of just looking at some stuff on the internet right and that's what they've done for years and years and years let's say they decide to stop doing that because they want to do meditation and have a bath and go to bed early and get proper sleep right so they think okay first night it's great they have enthusiasm light a candle have a nice bath it's all good next day it's fine next day it's fine but sooner or later they're going to think oh i wonder what's going on with so and so i wonder what happened with this tv show i want to because all of that old stuff is still there in the brain and in the soul so that whole patterning that whole reality didn't just disappear it's still there waiting to be triggered and all it takes is someone to say you know what i'm just going to check this one little thing real quick <laughs> just going to check this one little thing and then it's an hour gone or two hours gone and then the next evening okay well i might as well just check it again and then the next evening and then that whole thing of going to bed early and having a bath and everything is out of the window i talked to someone on the beach recently my new friend so lovely meeting all these people here and she was telling me that she used to do meditation and she did it every day for two years and then she's just completely knocked off the wagon probably just a, a couple of things went a little bit funny in her life maybe she had some stress something happened something 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 and that's it then she hasn't done it for years right do you see how powerful this is so we want to change we have this higher self we have all these wonderful ideas of who we want to become but we are fundamentally we are dealing with our current reality which is trying to repeat itself and reinforce itself every day because whatever has been enforced is going to pull us it's like a loop it goes round and round and round and it grabs us and sucks us back into this groundhog day type cycle right so when you try and extract yourself from this spinning wheel it becomes very difficult because it can suck us back into itself at any moment and there's loads of opportunities to get triggered so hopefully this is helpful because if you've ever thought why am i not changing how come i keep acting out these old behaviors what's wrong with me it's actually not your fault it's just that this is what we're dealing with and we live in a world that is maximally distracting and these companies these tech companies have very 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 cleverly figured out how to get us attached to various things they want us attached to our phone they want us attached to certain products they want us attached to certain tv shows they want us attached to certain uh, platforms right certain apps so there's all these companies who have vested interest in getting you in a loop that goes round and round and round and round and round because they make money off of it then politicians want us stuck in our whatever it is that we think that politics should be they want us in carrying on that way so th so we're living in a world where we have our higher self we have our own visions our own goals our own interests and then there are all these other people and companies trying to suck us into their thing and then we've got our past behavior trying to suck us back into what it was previously right so this is the situation 
it just it gives a bit of compassion, a bit of context. Why is it hard to change? Because of all that. That's why. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff there, right? That's a lot. So it's no wonder it's difficult. So it comes to, well, what are we going to do about it then? Now you understand what you're dealing with. I'll give you some, some interesting stories. When I was in India many years ago, I joined the Amrit Vela group. The Amrit Vela group is a very, very unique, you could almost say a secret group in this meditation center who are the, some of the highest level meditators in the world. And I found out about this group through someone I knew and that they get up at 1.30 in the morning. 1.30 in the morning. For very powerful meditation practices. Very specific meditation practices. And they initiated me and shared all these practices with me. So I would join them. I would get up at 1.30 and be ready for 2 o'clock. And it went from 2 to around 5.30 in the morning. And it was just incredible, the amount of magical, <laughs> magical experiences and spiritual power and it just mystical, mystical, mystical experiences. I was there for about three weeks and it was off the charts, off the charts. It was January. I was waking up freezing weather in India because they haven't got any AC, freezing conditions, you know, in a sleeping bag, you know, getting on my coat and getting down there by two o'clock. It was just incredible with these practices. And I still have, I still practice these things as much as I can. So I did this amazing experience in India for three weeks, came back to England, and I tried to recreate the Amrit Vela group with some people in England. But of course, it wasn't quite the same. And then about a month later, the whole thing was disbanded. It was disbanded because it's not easy to keep it going, right? So, you, and I'm sure you've had this experience yourself. You start off with great enthusiasm, have amazing experiences, then you try and keep it up on your own, and then it doesn't work. I'm not trying to paint a dark picture here. I'm just trying to be honest about these things because a lot of people, they just say, oh, just do this, these things and it's all fine, but it doesn't actually work because it's just look at, your, look at our own lives and we've had various levels of distraction for a long time. So that's just an example of starting off with something. This happens with retreats. I know so many of our students who go on retreats and they, they're so excited, they're like, oh, wow, I'm in some mystical place in Bali or Hawaii or wherever it is, you know, like um, Peru or something. And then they come back and their life is just wrecked, like give them a month and they're like, oh, my God, everything's a complete disaster. It was worse than before they left. This is the, the retreat effect right because so what is going on here how can we actually sustainably change ourselves so that we don't have these ups and downs along the way what i've personally realized in the last 25 years is that the only thing that actually honestly and truly works in the long run And this, this might sound a bit odd, but this is just the reality of it. The only thing that actually works is to have a very, very, very clear goal that you remind yourself of every day. Because if you forget why you're doing the things you're doing, then you're not going to keep doing it. You have to have that why, right? So the first thing is we need to have the why and we need to really feel the power of that on a regular basis. So the first thing is the why. Why are you doing? What do you want and why are you doing that? Why does it matter to you? 
The second thing is we need a group or we need some help. Some help. We can't do this stuff on our own. This this has been quite humbling for me personally because I've liked I've liked to think I you know I'm an independent person. I can do whatever I want. Right? That's that's my um what shall I say? My um it's wishful thinking. It's 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 deluded optimism is what it is. I actually can't do everything I want whenever I like all by myself. If I'm honest, I can't. I even after 25 years and you you will see the same thing with people who've been on a spiritual path for 60 years that they realize they need the container the support container to be able to do those things. So in other words, if we want to change, the easiest and most effective way to do it is to set up a container, a situation which involves other people that is conducive to change. And why is that so important? So you've got an aim, you know what you want, right? Why do you need this container of other people? Because if you don't have that, then all it takes is one little bad day or one bad experience or one stressful moment or some lapse of concentration or you eat something or drink something you shouldn't have and you get in an altered state. All it takes is one little thing and you can be knocked off the wagon for two months or two years even if you're on your own right if you're all on your own and no one knows what you're doing the the chances of us getting distracted and having a bad day are very high and the chances of us making some mistakes along the way are very very high and then the chances of us just giving up or just getting going unconscious are extremely high So if we're all on our own trying to do all this stuff by ourselves, we will end up getting distracted. We'll end up getting knocked off. And then, we, and you, you know, you could start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. But it's not going to be something that happens in a sustainable way for years to come. Right? So we need a container. Now, what does that container look like? What is the ideal container for change? This is a extremely well-known fact in anyone who wants to change things is that if you want to, for example, lose weight, I'm just going to give that example. Let's say there's someone who's overweight and they're always eating junk food and they're, you know, they're, they're not in a good place. The best thing that person could do is to get loads of really fit, healthy friends or move into a house full of like joggers and runners and people who are like neurotic about their food if they lived with those people that person who's overweight and sluggish would end up becoming like the people because we're affected by our environment right it's uh, i remember hearing this story about this um this obese family everyone was obese so the mum was obese the dad was obese the kids were obese they were all really 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 overweight right and the this guy is a tv show this guy came in and he said uh why are you all so overweight and they said oh it's because of our genes it's because of our genes we just have fat genes and then he said well, what about the dog? The dog is fat. So how come he? How come the dog is fat, right? <laughs> because he's not. You got your genes. So they pointed to the dog. Dog was fat. The cat was fat, right? The gerbil was fat. So that that you can't blame that on the genes. It's because the environment, right? This is why everyone's on their phone. Everyone's on their phone because everyone else is on their phone. Right? If you're on your phone, your husband's on your phone, the wife and the kids, everyone, then everyone does it. Right? Whatever everyone does is what everyone else does because we're, 
we look around ourselves, human beings, we look around. Well, I'll give an example of this. I was at the beach the other day and I went out and had a swim because I understand the ocean. I understand whether it's dangerous or not. And I came back and this guy came up to me. I was sitting there and he came up and he said, do you live here? And I said, yeah. And he said, is it safe to go out? Is it safe to go, to go in the water now? And I said, yeah, it's fine. This, this is a safe beach. There's a, there's a break over there. Don't worry about it. But he, he wouldn't have gone in if he hadn't seen me go in. Right? Because this is what we do as human beings. We look at other people. I was on the beach a different day and there was this family. They were kind of like right at the edge of the shore, afraid to get in. And I realized that if I didn't actually go in the water and swim out there, they would be stuck. So I just walked out, swam in the water, came back in. And by the time I got back, they were all in the waves because they, they saw, okay, it must be okay. So this is, this is what we do as human beings. We copy each other. We copy each other. So if you want to change yourself, the best thing to do is to put yourself in a position where you're with other people who are doing the same thing that you want to do. Because you will end up by peer pressure and by osmosis copying them. we can't this is this is i would say this is the number one most powerful force in our life is the company we keep that's why wealthy people always seem to be wealthy why is that because they always hang around other wealthy people poor people all hang around other poor people right It's it's actually who you associate with that directs how much wealth you have. This is one of these strange and wondrous laws of the universe that the company you keep affects almost everything in your life. So, so just tune into this. We talk, started off talking about change and what does it take to change. Think about what do you want to change? Do you want to change your inner state? Do you want to change your physical health? Do you want to change your level of wealth? Or your business success? Or whatever it is, right? Relationships. Whatever it is, if you can find yourself in a container with like-minded people who, who have what you want or are doing what you want to do, then you've basically solved the problem without really doing that much. <laughs> this, this is the shortcut. Why, why was I able to have such profound meditation in India with the Amravela group? Because... I was with them, that's why. Because that's what you do. When you're with the Amritvela group, Amritvela means the early morning hours of nectar. When you are with the Amritvela group in that place, then that's what you're going to do. That's just how it is. But if you're not with them, then that's not what you do. So you might be wondering, yeah, well, that all sounds great, but I can't go to India and join the Amravela group, right? Because I've got, got, got to work. <laughs> I've got things to do. I can't just disappear and go off to the mountains and hang out with these mystics at 2 o'clock in the morning. This is ridiculous, right? So, yeah, we can't all do these, these things. We can't all just leave our lives and go off to some strange and mysterious places. Although we probably can if we really wanted to, but it's not sustainable. So what what's the next best thing? If you if you can't actually find these people where you are, what are you gonna do? The next thing you can do is to get accountability partner 
accountability partner. One thing I've personally done recently is that I'm always sort of accountable to various people in my life anyway. We all, we're all accountable. If you have any sort of business or relationship or anything where it involves other people, that holds us accountable to them in some way. But it's normally not very official. It's not very official. It's kind of just a social construct. For example, if you live with other people and everyone needs to eat, then everyone's most likely going to eat because you're all there together and you're probably going to make food for each other. And so that takes care of your need to eat food, right? You're accountable to eat. Some some people, they on their own and they forget to eat or they don't even eat enough or eat the wrong foods, right? So if you're just around other people and you all have a similar goal for eating well, then you will eat well. But oftentimes this is a bit vague and it doesn't necessarily get to the core of what it is that you want to change. So another thing is accountability means you can work with somebody who specifically is holding you accountable to what it is that you want to do. And this can come in many, many forms. It can come in many different forms depending on what it is that you need. The the best form of accountability is public accountability because we like to be seen in a good light by other people right none, none of us want others to think of us in a bad way we want to be we want others to like us right this is a human need so if someone says oh i heard someone so talking about you i i'm i'm gonna say okay well hopefully it was a good thing they said <laughs> you know that's like the natural response is that we want to feel good right this is just a normal thing so if you do something that is public publicly visible then your chances of doing it significantly go up compared to if it's private so for example let's say um let's say you want to do meditation which i'm sure everyone already does meditation but let's say you wanted to start more doing more meditation if you actually held a meditation at your house or you did a meditation online yourself or you 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 shared your results of how long you've been doing meditation with others publicly that would hold you accountable in fact there's an app that i i'm I, I don't really use it that I use their timer, Insight Timer. I've got loads of meditations on Insight Timer if you want to listen to them. So Insight Timer is a great app for meditation and there's lots of guided meditations and classes and talks and courses. It's a great app. I don't use any of that stuff except the timer, which is what it originally was for. And so I set it up for 10 minutes and it goes off every minute and I just try and focus on being a soul the whole time. Right. So I have this practice. But I've noticed that that app, it's tracking how many days in a row I use the app. And as far as I know, it's it's actually publishing that information publicly so that other people can see how long I'm doing meditation for. Right? That's, that's actually a very, very clever thing they've done. It's public accountability. You can also do private accountability where you work with somebody who you're telling them what you're doing or they're reminding you of things and you check in and are they doing it are they not doing it why are they not doing it you find out what is really going on here this this is extremely helpful by the way if you're having a hard time doing something and you and you know you need to do it and you've been wanting to do it for such a long time and it's still not happening then you really need to get an accountability person to help you because when you do, 
when you do, I was just taking a sip there, when you do, you're going to get those things done. You're going to find a way to do it. I recently got a business accountability person because there's a few projects that I have been stalling on. There are certain things in life that are actually not really that hard, but they have consequences, big changes in our life, and we kind of put off doing them or we don't feel like it. So I, I realized I personally needed somebody to help me make sure that I do certain things that I'm normally not doing. I normally don't do enough research. I normally don't finish certain things quick enough. So I'm having somebody to hold me to account. And I'm found that already I'm getting more done just purely because of having that support. So if you're feeling like you want to change something in your life and you're not quite there yet, look into these two two or three forms of accountability because they definitely work. I think it gets to a point in our life where we have to say, am I willing to do what it takes? Is my dreams, are my dreams and goals big enough and important enough that I'm willing to swallow my ego, my pride, and admit that I could do some help. It's been a big one for me because, I, like I said before, I'd like to think I can do whatever I want. I should be self-sovereign. You know, God is my friend. I don't need anyone else. That's actually not true. I need help, just like everyone else. We all need help. So, could you get in a group of people who do the thing that you'd like to do, who meet up once a week or and talk about how they're doing and celebrate each other's success. It's extremely rewarding, right? Or could you get some sort of public accountability where you share what you're doing with other people personally or on some sort of website or app social that's why challenges are a, a big craze nowadays because people share their success in their challenge every day publicly and it holds them accountable and then the third thing is accountability partners you know you typically there's some sort of coach i i do this for other people and i have it for me as well because it's i need it as well so you can get somebody who basically helps you figure out what are your goals, what are your aims, and what do you need to do in order for that to actually happen. Because it left to our own devices, a week or a month or a year could go by and we could say, well, what did you actually do in the last, you know, X amount of weeks or years and you say well I'm not really sure <laughs> um, you know you have to think back to it what actually happened what didn't happen did it work out you don't even know even if you have a journal you might forget what you wrote so if you have someone who you talk to every week and they ask you what you've been up to and you tell them you start to figure out what's actually going on And um, I've heard from many of my clients, and I've seen this myself, is, is that you know, I keep a miracle journal. I don't do it consistently enough as I'd like to, actually, but I do use it a lot. And when I look back, I have a whole bunch of them. When I look back, guess what I find? It's the same as my clients. We're, we're always talking about the same things. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same stuff over and over and over again, right? Why is it? Even sometimes people go back 10 years and it's the same thing or 15 years, it's the same thing. I need to eat properly. I need to do more meditation. I need to finish these projects. I need to sort out my relationship. I've got to think better thoughts, right? It's the same stuff. You go back five years, 10 years, 15 years. Why is it always the same? Because we haven't been doing the things consistently 
that would lead us to where we want to be, where we don't need to say that anymore because we're actually doing it. Right? If we're, if we're complaining about the same problems 10 years, 15 years later, it means we haven't figured it out yet. So that's why it's really important to have a group or have an accountability par partner, coach, or all of them together would be the ideal thing. The more, the merrier. The more support you can get, the better it is. We, we've been deceived in our modern society to think that we can do everything by ourselves. All you need is an app. <laughs> You'll be all right. You just need another app. You need another little Fitbit gadget. You need some extra little bit of tech, some special app, and you'll be good to go. It's not true. It's a total sham. We need real people helping us out. And ideally, they're in real life as well. How many people have, have not even been with that many f people physically you know these during the covid season a lot of people were cut off from each other you know it's been awful and we need each other we need each other we need groups we need support i'm glad that we have this live podcast every week so we can all connect this is this is a form of accountability and group support right coming together with a shared aim talking about real things and then get a little bit of personal support have physical people that you hang out with wherever you are sometimes you know i've heard this from a lot of our students they actually don't know anyone in their physical life because there aren't that many spiritually minded high level people around i mean there are in the whole world there are many but not in necessarily in every location You know, some some places they seem to be quite lacking in that sort of energy entirely. Whereas other places there is an abundance. You know, I've been here in Hawaii for a long time, and this surrounded by good vibe people everywhere. You know, I just go to the beach and I'm randomly meet people. Sedona is the same thing; loads of people there, but some places they're a bit hard to come by. So then you you have to do the best you can with online support or groups or um, Zoom, call, you know, face-to-face, -face, FaceTime, whatever it is, so you see people's face at least. So tune into it. What is it going to take for you to become the highest version of yourself? What do you need to set up in your life? What what can you arrange that would allow you to do that? Because our, remember, our higher self is trying to pull us up and our lower self is trying to pull us down. And the world is filled with hooks, hooks and traps, landmines everywhere trying to pull us down. They're everywhere. Yeah, go in a grocery store. There's so much tasty nonsense. It's bad for our health. It's causing all these health problems. Tons of it everywhere. Right? There's everywhere you look. There's temptations that are giving us temporary gratification and long-term suffering. It's everywhere you go. So it's not an easy thing to do. One one thing I'm I'm telling you something now, just so you can hold me accountable. I've been trying to do this 21-day dopamine detox, digital detox for 21 days, and I have to admit I have failed because, well, first of all, I have an online company and I have thousands of people. So, I mean, it's, it's like practically seems like a mad idea to even try and do it, but I'm doing my best. So I'm trying to, like, not use the Internet hardly ever, uh, and I haven't been able to do it. And I've been trying to do this for seven years, and I still haven't figured it out. I'm now going to try and find somebody. I've got a couple of people in mind who can be my liaison for the online world. And I'm going to really try and be completely offline 
I'm not sure if it's literally physically possible to pull it off in 100%, but um, I know for me to be my highest self, I'm much better off just only focusing on creation and service and groups and helping people and doing these calls and stuff like this. If I only did that, I would be much, much better off, much more meditation. So my aim, personally, I'm telling you this from my heart to hold me accountable, is to build up to eight hours meditation a day, which I know might sound a bit ridiculous, but I do. I, but I feel so good the more meditation I do. So eight, eight, six to eight hours meditation, and be completely offline. And have because I have people working for me, so I, really I don't. It's it's just figuring it out. It's a trap. I'm trying to get out of the trap. Um, if I pulled that off for a year, I'm I'm sure that a lot of profound things would change for me personally in a year, or even even in a month actually, because I'd be able to think at a higher level. So that's just I'm just sharing this with you to hold try and hold me accountable not not that you have to do anything but i think just saying it out loud is public accountability um and i'll be radically honest i have not succeeded in this previously and i'm not actually sure if it's physically possible to do it but i'm at least going to give it a shot so i will uh, let you know periodically at my progress so think about it for yourself. What is it going to take for you to really get where you want to go? What do you need to let go of? And what support do you need to make it easy? What we want to do is make it as easy as possible to do the good things and that are going to make our life better. Yeah, easy as possible. And we want to make it as difficult as possible to do the things that are harmful for us. So tune into it, tune into it. This is your life after all. And you're the one experiencing it every day. You're the one who experiences the consequences of everything that you do, personally. So, what is it going to take when it comes down to it? We can't change anyone else. We, we only actually change the world when we change ourselves so there's no point in really trying to change the world it's actually a major distraction because it's not doesn't work that way when we change ourselves and our behavior and how we think and how we act and what we spend our time doing when our own life is changed because we're different the world actually ends up being different because we act differently we do different things we interact differently we spend time differently so that that is how society changes is people change people change and then society changes so instead of trying to change the world externally instead of trying to change anyone else externally what can we do what can you do specifically that's going to pull you up to that higher level It's a very deep question and something to, you know, ask yourself again and again. I ask myself these questions fairly often. It's Socrates said, an unexamined life is not worth living. 
if we don't examine our life, this, this is what it means to examine our life. So think, what am I doing with my life? What do I want? What is, what is the highest potential that I have hidden within me? And what do I need to do to align with that practically in a real way now? What needs to be released? What do I need to do differently? And to be comfortable with different, to be comfortable with that awkward feeling. That it's, it's just good to be aware that when you do make these changes, you will most certainly have resistance and feel awkward. And in fact, if you don't feel resistance and you don't feel awkward, it means you haven't changed. <laughs> because by definition, changing your brain is going to cause you to feel somewhat awkward for a certain amount of time. So if, if we're feeling really comfortable, comfortable, ease and grace, no, no discomfort, no resistance, we're actually stuck in a comfort zone. When we change, we literally kind of shakes us up a bit. We feel a bit unnerved, a little bit ungrounded, a little bit off, a little bit weird. That's, that's actually a sign that there are things that are changing. So instead of thinking that is a bad sign, realize that if you're moving in the right direction and you feel a little bit unnerved, that's actually a sign that you're on the right track. If it if it doesn't excite you and freak you out a little bit, <laughs> then nothing's changed. So just just re reframe those feelings. Yeah, P people who are stuck in a comfort zone, they they they're not very alive. They don't they don't feel this this joy and this lightness and this sort of excited energy because there's the same thing over and over again when you make changes you feel like there's this shift coming it's a different feeling it's, it's a little bit unsettling because you're not quite sure what's going to happen but you feel you feel life force coming back to you so tune into these things this week what is it going to take to get what you want in life, to make those changes. Who do you need help from? Or what groups could you join? Or maybe you already are with groups. What accountability? It's it's well worth working with somebody personally to do this. I'm, I'm thinking of actually expanding out our accountability and upgrading it to more people in our company. Um, we're going to start rolling that out with our students because so many people come to us. We already do this, but I could definitely make it available to more people because I've seen so many people want to make a change in their life and then not have the help they need and then they haven't done it. And I've seen other people who just with that little bit of support every week go on to do remarkable things. So it really makes a huge, huge, huge difference. And I've that's why I personally get it myself, because I need it as well. So tune into all these things, and I'm wishing you a very fascinating week, making those little big changes in your life. And just keep asking the questions. The more you ask the question, what do I need to do? What's it really going to take? Just by asking the question, your subconscious mind will start pondering upon this it will start computing answers for you and it will tell you sooner or later when you're out for a walk or you're having a bath or a shower or you're having a nap your subconscious mind will go you need to do this and give you the answer all of a sudden so look out for it <laughs> and i look forward to hearing what you experience what happens and if you know anyone else who needs this sort of help let them know about this audio. Let Give them access to it. Share this with somebody so that they can learn about this too. Now, it's really useful if you, if you can share with someone else because then you help them and they can help you and we can all help each other. Thank you so much for your beautiful presence and I look forward to talking to you next week. Much love and aloha. It's been such a beautiful time together. Thank you for listening. 
Think of one person who needs this and share this with them. If you have any questions for us, please send them to shareyourquestion.com. Go to spiritualrecharge.com for more free meditations, talks, and courses. We thank you for your beautiful presence. Keep shining your divine light in our world. So much love, and we'll connect soon.